going. The hangout is live. Yo, welcome to the Ken Show. I mean, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the Beat People Podcast. Um, this is B Boy Tech. I got a, a homeboy in the place with me, my man Roosevelt. What's up, Roosevelt? Word, word. For those who don't know, my man Roosevelt, we actually work together and, and he makes beats and he's like a, a filmmaker and just all around creative individual. He's a good brother. So I invite him on the show. We just hanging out today. No, great to have you, Roosevelt. Word up. And who we got here? What's up, Daniel? Man, I'm chilling. Just got back from vacation. Blacker, blacker than normal. Um, because I was blacker out in the normal, beard strong. I was out in the sun. Now it's back home to work, man. You already know how it is, brother. We're heard up. Kenneth, what's going on, buddy? Oh, that's me. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. I'm chilling. Uh I'm I'm doing uh I'm doing lots of top secret stuff lately. So I've been uh really heavily nerding out on like the intricacies of my setup. Ain't no top secret. I know all your business. Oh, <laughs> hey, you're under NDA, so <laughs> you're allowed to. You're top secret too. Code name classified Fox. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, and then and then blowing off steam, making some beats too, which is always good because that helps me uh, with it with some other sound design stuff I'm working on. So that's cool. yeah, no doubt, man. You you've been making some uh, sample packs and testing them out on on YouTube. Joint is dope. Uh, I like what you're doing. But yo, let's keep going through the thing. Um, did that was that insincere? I like what you're doing. But anyway, whatever. Next. <laughs> so yo, what's up, Lee? Hey, not much, man. Word. Good to be Welcome here. Back to the show, man. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. Glad we could connect. No doubt, no doubt. Lee, I see Lee is over there without a top on his roads. Is that a road, those? Is that a yeah, word? yeah. No, it's okay. a it's a Rhodes. It's a it's one of the uh, the I always get this backwards. Mm -hmm. Like it's the suitcase, right? That's okay. the one that's got the tremolo and the four twelve inch cabinet, or is it the is it the the stage? I think it's the suitcase. Uh, is the one yeah, that's got the big the, speaker cabinet, right? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, the, the stage is the one with the big speaker on it, right? Yeah, I got – well, no, the, it, it doesn't necessarily matter about that. I have the stage, um, but it's – the stage is – the stage doesn't have the preamp built into it, and it has um, – like the suitcase will have the, the preamp built right into it. I need to get back yeah, yeah, that's studies because I see that you got those uh, those couple of sliders there. Is that bass and treble or something? Yeah, yeah, and it's also got the vibrato that's nice and built right. into it, too. So you'd be like... I don't know, yeah. you can't really hear that, but... Yeah, that's the yeah. that's the thing. Having that yeah. vibrato is, is real nice. That's what's up. And, yo, for those that don't know, too, um, uh, we'll talk about it a little bit, but Lee has been doing, you know, blending hip-hop and, and modular stuff for a long time, and that's kind of how we met through my man Bryce. Nope. Who's incidentally missing in action? We got posters, even on the back of milk cartons. We don't know where Bryce yeah. is. Bryce is no longer to be found, even though I talk to him almost every other day. But on the music scene, he's he's a missing person. Anyway, Bryce introduced yeah. me to Lee because uh and, and my man Pep introduced me to Bryce because he was like, Y'all all doing the same stuff, which basically is what I kind of coined the phrase is mod bap. So uh Lee is one of those uh, original cats right there. But let me keep moving through. We're gonna get into some conversation though, but uh uh, uh, hello. 
I'm right here. Yeah, I see you. What's, you, up, you about to, what's up, man? What's going on? I'm chilling. What's up? You pimping. That's you you throwing you your diamonds me? up in the screen and everything? It's, wait, hold on. Is that how you introduce me? Let's do this shit again. Start over. Let's go. Do it what's right. going on with you? I'm glad to see you back on the show. I know you was trying to you was trying to uh, write us off and be like, nah, my computer in the shop and all this old kind of stuff. My but she tried to get out of it. She tried to get out of it, yo. I need a better introduction than that. Okay, let's go back. <laughs> Hold on, this we got to do all this kind of shit. Okay, all right, good to have you, man. All right, now Stony, extraordinaire. Yes. <laughs> there you go. There you Stoney go. Stony in the place. Second, second go. best ch- sample chopper. Second best sample chopper in the <laughs> place. Third, third, third. third. Stony, is that cool with you? You the third best. It's okay. I like I like to share my vagina monologues with Ken. Sorry, <laughs> 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 right, guys. I think my dog is calling me. Uh, well, it's good to have you, Stony. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I'll be in and out. You know, I don't have a laptop. I'm going through withdrawals. <laughs> so good. But, but hey, it's, but it's, a, it's a good thing, though. though. Let's jump on in though. Like we used to, we was just mentioning the sample chopping. Let's talk about sample chopping and like, because I know we've been having some conversation about uh, sample chopping and the different platforms. And you know, it's a lot of the same techniques, but obviously every platform has a little different way that they do it. And uh, I know D still, or I won't say, I know one of us, a couple of us were saying that, you know, it's easy on some devices than others. Uh, on something like the MPC, some of us have to think a little more than we want to to even deal with that. This is just a different platform. What kind of what kind of um, stuff y'all be going through on the sample side, man? Like, what's your more, your more comfortable platform to get down on some sample chopping? To me, it's still Ableton. Yeah, yeah, still Ableton is is probably where I can do the most damage. What's the what's oh, Ableton the, and Reason? Ableton and Reason still. What makes it capable of that though? Like, what's um, what's the, what makes it so easy? I guess the modular nature of samples mm-hmm. in Ableton, um, where there it's not necessarily a sampler, but a collection of samplers mm-hmm. that you can tie together, um, doing stuff. And I know that's the case with a lot of other. Um, Software. Yeah, I think a lot of the stuff probably has overlap, but still, yeah, you can be yeah, more comfortable on one platform also, than another. I think it's also just a layout for me. Right. I'm so used to that layout mm-hmm. um, because yo, there's dope samplers in a bunch of softwares. Like true, uh, true. Ableton has a dope sampler. Reason has a dope sampler. Studio One now has a dope sampler. You know, there's a, a bunch of things that can sample. Mm-hmm. It's just who has the best workflow. And for me personally. Ableton, I still feel like has that, and then second, machine, and then third, reason. Uh, um, and that's for me. That's just that's just software that I, that's software that I use. When it so comes, what's the big difference with? I got to tell you, I mean, people that watch the show know I'm not necessarily, ain't even necessarily. That makes some indication that I'm partly uh, native instruments. Like I'm not a machine dude. I had a machine. Well, you, you don't have to be customized, right? Yeah, but I'm saying like. I don't know uh, what makes it so easy on machines. So like, I like, like for instance, I'll tell you two differences that make me think differently. In machine, you automatically have a 16 pad layout, right? Mm-hmm. You have 16 pads, and once you go past 16 chops, you have to chop in a different way. You can't, you can't go like in in Ableton where you have 64 pads and you can do 64 slices in a drum rack. You only have 16 sounds in 
machine unless you chop on one pad since like more than 16 slices so it's just a different way yeah of thinking and then in machine you got to get in keyboard mode in order to access all those slices when in ableton you don't really have to do that but then machine has this thing where one pad you can play it chromatically where you can't really do that in the mpc actually i wish we could that is a big thing that i think we i wish we could so with mpcs with the later version starting at ren you get you used to only only have four banks now you get eight banks so it's 128 samples mm -hmm. you can chop across all of that but you uh -huh. can't take one of those samples and just automatically slice it across a chromatic keyboard you know yeah, i hate that and that right? stops that stops me because you, corey you know me i play mm -hmm. keys yeah so the fact that I got to stop my process and set up an instrument group in order for me to play keys. Yeah, you got to set up a separate program. Like, yeah. nah, chill. I'm sorry. Find that sound I'm like, say. But sorry. hey, Steel, that's that's one of the things about machine. Machine, to be to be honest with you, is a lot like Ableton Live in reverse, like uh -huh. in, in so many different ways, you know. And when it comes to the sampling, it's just like you said, like, oh, you well, you have to chop in this in this one pad mode. When you're in that one pad mode, it's kind of like Ableton in, in a certain way. And then uh -huh. when you're in the other mode, it's like Ableton in the non-default way. So it's like yeah. th there's these weird trade-offs that go like the opposite direction of each other. Yeah, and then yeah. with the MPC, it's like, oh, well, everything is compartmentalized. That's yeah. the, that's the reason why when when I'm working between the MPC live and machine, I find myself quicker jumping uh, jumping through like the whole process of sampling to chopping on the machine as opposed to and all the way down to playing as opposed to on the MPC. I find myself like I have to set up my samples first and then decide how I'm going to be using them and then yeah. use them. You know what I mean? I think that's why it's hard for me to create on the MPC because I'm not so methodical when it comes to making music. I, I kind of, as I'm going, things are happening and I'm just like, I didn't know I was going to sample that. Let me do this now. And machine is so fast for me to sample and Ableton is so fast for me to sample. But with the MPC, I'm like, Dang, now I gotta stop and create this kind of a group and this kind of a group in order to get my song done. And that just it stops my workflow. But I don't knock anybody that uses MPC. If you use it dope, man, do it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the that's the thing. Everybody got their tools, right? Um and yeah, I think even sometimes I may be just used to the way some things happen on the MPC, and it probably ain't the quickest way, but I'm just used to doing it. Boom. Just get yeah. on and do it. You know what I mean? But it's like almost anything. You know, you you y'all seen the videos? There's some dudes out there that's making music with programming language. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. gener the generative stuff is really wild. When I bro, that programming language stuff has me tripping. I'm like, yeah. And, and, and I'm not even about to be programming nothing. Not like that. <laughs> Coding to make music, yo. <laughs> yeah, don't knock it. Yeah, they see sound differently. It's like a whole yeah. different thing. That brains work totally like different. Zero. Yeah, exactly. Lee, I'm not knocking it. I just think. Or, I'm definitely not knocking it. I just it's not my thing. I think, dude, I'm 34 years old. I've already settled into certain habits. I'm not gonna get out of yeah, I respect that. You know, like, like. For instance, I'm not gonna learn. Well, I'm not, not gonna learn, but there's certain things that are gonna be harder for me to learn. Like if somebody comes up with a new chromatic system, either than a piano, it's gonna be hard for me to learn that because I've been so in this 
Well, wait a minute, though. So this let's is talk cool. about that, though, because haven't you, like, you use push two, right? This is different, right? man. Sure you play yeah. so chords and keys on that, right? Yeah, yeah, I have, but that took me a while to learn, and I had to make a choice. I'm going to learn this. Okay, right. I got you. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of people don't make choices like that. They're just like, nah, it's too hard. I'm just going to keep playing the piano. Right. Playing the guitar. Yeah, that's a fact. You know, so it's just like, because it was, it was tough for me when I was learning the harp like that. When I started learning the harp, it was tough. Yeah. Well, Corey, I'm, think I'm about BS it. And I don't know the harp. Well, I'm like, you play the harp. I'm like, whatever. Corey, here's what's rough for me. My music is also my work. Right. So right. I don't have time. You got to move. You got to yeah, move. I got I to gotta turn in mm -hmm. stuff tomorrow. Mm hmm. So it's hard for me to say, I'm just going to take six months to learn this new hexagonal, you know, structure of playing music. And I'm just going to do that when I still got to put like food on the table and I can't call my boss and be like, hey, um, I'm still learning how to use this joint. So you don't have to wait on that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, let me ask Stony. Stony, what like, uh, you know, a lot of platforms. What do you use to move around quick with the sampling and stuff, the chopping and sampling? Like, what's your comfort zone? Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Um, I mean, you know, for me, I, I found I found that machine was faster because of the workflow and the browser and like the info, the infrastructure and how they um, archive their samples. Mm -hmm. I found that to be easiest and fastest. Um, um, like, I, I don't have my laptop now, so I'm forced to use my MPC Live because I don't have anything else to use but my standalone. So, you know, I think it's fantastic because now I'm challenged to go back into like an old way of working when I was on the MPC 2000. And what I found was that because I'm, I'm so used to the, the 2000 and the buttons and having designated like features, when I use the MPC Live, it feels, it feels, um, feels like I'm doing too many steps mm -hmm. and having too many features for sampling kind of uh, is daunting on me where I like to have just two or three options and I want to get to the work versus playing with the features. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And, you know, here's the thing. I, I feel like the later NPCs, the Live and the X, um, even some of the RIN later on and with the RIN, uh, as the software has matured, they have added a gang of sampling features and chopping features. And I think you know, it's just like anything else. There's all these ways to do it. I find myself using some of the newer ways on there more recently. Now, uh, here's the crazy thing, Corey. Now, now, here's mm -hmm. the crazy thing. I found, like, ultimately, at the end of the day, I wasn't having fun with all those features. Right. I just wasn't having fun. In the 2000, mm -hmm. I was having fun. And it's not even old versus new or whatever, because I love Ableton. I mean, I body the push all day. And I could use anything, but which one am I having the most fun with? And organically, just my hands are moving in a certain structure. Like Ken and I were speaking earlier about the pads being on the left side versus the right side. It's like, it's a mind fuck. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> would, would, would you say that nostalgia plays a lot into what makes it fun for you? No, actually, what made it fun for me was the fact that I wasn't... Um, window surfing and, and folder surfing and like menu surfing you know what i mean yeah no i get it i i get it i just i hear this argument a lot from a lot a lot of people saying that the new stuff isn't fun because the old stuff 
did it this way. And I'm like, well, how much of that is actual workflow? Because a lot of these new devices have better workflow than a lot of the old machines. Certainly. Yeah, I, but you know, with the live in particular, everything else, not so much. I think the live, I just had issues with getting into, like, I just don't like the, the menu going to the menu to find this or going to the menu yeah, to get cause, this because we all want that x that's why <laughs> <laughs> so here's, what, here's what i think is the deal though here's part of what i think is a deal you you got kind of two factions that kind of started this separation like it was all just beat making and production and you know npcs or whatever it was it was different sp 1200s whatever but i think when machine came along and it started as a computer-based platform with a controller that's coming from a different angle of how you create this platform, right? So you don't need all these extra windows menus and steps, okays to do this. Right. But coming from the hardware side with an MPC, they tried to, when they got into that world of the hybrid with the software and the controller, they tried to carry on that stuff from back in the day. And mm -hmm. that comes with the windows where you gotta say, you know, put this in 16 step mode, but then you still gotta say, okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And a right. lot of those extra steps, I think, are just legacy things that carry over that don't really need to be there. But yeah, you don't need there to too be because I think people that get used to it, some of the old heads that used to use NPCs, I don't know. I, well, maybe it's just the people that work at the places are just used to like, yo, this is what makes us an NPC, and that's what they do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like for me, y'all can keep all that old menu stuff. I'm like, just give me three, three buttons, and and that's kind of why. I'm so ha I'm actually having so much fun with the electron stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a whole different way of thinking for me, but it still kind of reminds me of what I do love about Ableton and what I do love about, you know, like older samplers that I came up with. And a, a lot of apps on my iPad too, having a lot of fun with that because I kind of have endless possibilities with what kind of sounds I can make, um, you know, depending on what apps are out. The whole workflow and as far as like, um, you know, do you have to hit a confirm button? Do you have to go into a menu? Do you have to separate a group from, you know, a sample? Do you have to convert a type of, you know, for Ableton users? Do you have to convert from simpler to sampler? Do you have to do yeah. this? Do you have to do that? It's all these little workflow tweaks because a lot of them can do a lot of the same type of thing on, on the basic level at least. But when you get into you know how complex a sampler can be and then they start adding on these different layers to it and then you have to dive from one layer to another layer that's when i think that the workflow starts to suffer in my opinion and then yeah. it also becomes a situation of well did they implement Absolutely, it intuitively did it become intuitive yeah. when you implement yeah. it because if it's not intuitive well then it's like you know trying to write with your left hand if you're right-handed you know what i mean like you might know how to make the letter but it's going to be difficult getting there and making it's it look be a little twisty and choppy. You speak in that gospel. That's really I love, I love what's in Ableton, but for me, it feels unintuitive having to convert sam simpler to sampler and, you know, do all these different things in order to get the basic stuff that I would really want in a direct hardware sampler type, type of layout. Right. Yeah. But I also know that on the flip side, once I get there, the song creation side of it is so much better than machine. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, yeah. it's just double-edged so, that's sword. The thing. It's, so some people kind of gravitate to things different ways. Like here, I, I mean, I, I worked with Ableton and I used Push 2 for about a year. I even put my other like MPC and everything else like 
in the garage <laughs> and I was just going straight in. But you know, it's something about that workflow that didn't jive with me. I even had uh, Upright Bryce come through and kind of kick it for a day with me. And we went through all kinds of stuff. By the time he left, I was making bangers already. I was sending him stuff while he was still in the car, right? And mm -hmm. I was able to do stuff, but it was just something about that workflow that I just, it didn't jive with, with me though. I don't know what the able. No, I get it, but that's the same way I feel about the NPC Live. Like it's dope, and I can make bangers on it, but not like I could do on Ableton. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel you on that. Hey, let me ask Lee. Lee, so when you were using before you went into Modular, uh, what were you using? Like, were you you was using an NPC four thousand, right? Or you was doing that all at the same time? Yeah, uh, actually, I st I started with with Ableton um, and was okay. really trying to basically do get the MPC workflow in Ableton, never really learned how to get that to work, especially without any kind of real controller. So I made my mm -hmm. first step into it was MPC 4000. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I still miss that machine. I love that machine so much that it could do so many things, but I got rid of it for a number of reasons. And my mindset was, uh, this is about 20, well, 20 in 2013 was when I started linking with make noise because that's when I had the realization that the things that I wanted to, I couldn't do with the 4000, if I broke down what the 4000 was doing into its individual components, I could rebuild something like it within the, the modular environment. That's um, and so in 2013, that was when I had the like, kind of realization that I needed to start slowly transitioning into you know, getting, getting a setup going within the Eurorack. Because at that point, your workflow is flexible and you can make it whatever you want it to be. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's not up to some manufacturer that you're mad at because they oh. they locked you out of a Kai Axis and now all of a sudden you got an 80 gig hard drive you can't get into. Not that I'm still sour yeah. about that, right. at all, but, <laughs> but, but uh, you know what I mean. Like you 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 bob and weave, and when mm -hmm. things are frustrating you, you just be like, nah, I'm not gonna worry about that. Like I've got this other thing way I can achieve the same results or better. You know, and they and it keeps your your brain moving. That's what's that up. Way. And you got you are one of the first people I saw doing a lot of really dope sample chopping in Eurorack, though. Like, what were some of the tools you were using to, to do some of that stuff? Because yeah, honestly, I got to tell you, all of us on this show have talked about before. Like, I, I used to be the person that was kind of like, yo, I don't see a use for a sampler in my rack. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. If I'm sitting here with an NPC, and my rack is right there. My rack is going to have all those things that I can't do in the NPC. And, but at the same time, I started looking at what you were doing. I'm like, yo, he's chopping like an NPC in Euro rack, though. What were some of the tools you started using to do that on that side? Um, actually, the pressure points and the phonogenes uh, okay. were, were what really made it for me. Um, and the, the reason being is you can do things like... Uh, like capture loops that are perfectly and then start splicing them by ear, not with your mm -hmm. eyes, super quick. And, and uh, with the pressure points, you have the pads lined up already so that the knobs are essentially zero or uh, zero through seven or one through eight, however you mm -hmm. want to think of it. Um, so that like immediately you've already got your stuff lined out, just like on NPC. Once you've made your splices, it's already assigned to pads. You can do the same thing with the pressure points. And then you start messing around with it and you can know, you know, within the first few seconds, if it's going to be, a, 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 if you're going to come up with something dope or not, or if you need to like put something else in. Hey, um, I, Lee, I got a weird question. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, are there any samplers in Eurorack that have choke groups? Um, yeah. With the ER301, you can definitely. Uh, yeah. 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 
You know what I mean? Yeah, that's my first piece. So I just wanted to make sure that I didn't go overkill and buy something that was like insane <laughs> from yeah. the groups. It's just the ER three hundred one is next level, man. It's like you can you organize all the different units. Yeah. I mean, we can get into discussion and and uh, on on how exactly to make it all work with the ER three hundred one. But that's where just so everybody else knows, like that's where kind of my head is now. I went from the phonogenes, which was which was dope. It was very quick and live. I have um, it pulled up time on my stretching. screen. Uh, if Corey wants to share my oh, screen, um, I tried telling him in the text chat here, but he's not paying attention. like i've got two of them in my case right now um one for left channel audio one for right channel audio i still use phone jeans they're so dope they the you've got um the ability of making things lo-fi with very speed on the record because it sets the sample rate and the fun thing about it is you'll never get the left channel set the exact same way that the right channel set so you're always going to get some kind of phase uh weirdness going on but it just sounds so dope yeah, you have time stretching and compression with the gene shift uh, input right there. You can send it a clock, uh, and then your your uh, there's some tricks to it. But using gene size, you can trim it so that uh, the end of spliced LED will cut off once you've got that nice and perfectly locked with what it, uh, to the tempo that you're sending it from, say, a Wogglebug clock or something. Uh, so you can get pretty powerful with yeah. just the phonogenes. That's yeah, why I um oh go ahead again because me, me I, I was just gonna say I, I'm using mine I was actually using mine today I got the phonogene in my rack as well and oh, um, one one of the things that I really like about using it um so I I had one before and then I sold it um because at the time they were going for you know upwards of five hundred dollars and I kind of saw the writing on the wall that they were gonna do another one so they came out with the morphogene. So I had sold it before the price really dropped, and then I bought one again recently uh, for like two hundred some odd bucks. So you know, that's a come up. But yeah, uh, one it's of the main, <laughs> one of the main reasons why I stuck with the phonogene also is because it has a kind of lo-fi sound to it. Like when you sample oh, through it, it sounds kind of like a vintage sampler. Like it's got that lower that lower fidelity to it, and you can sample into it at different speeds which will dictate how lo-fi it sounds, you know? So you can actually make it sound really gritty or more clean, depending on kind of what what speed you're going into it at. And then you can slow it down from there. So it's kind of like having a vintage sampler in that route, but more immediate control over grittying up a sound. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, and that was another huge thing for me is like, you know, there was there was somebody on Reverb trying to sell an SP twelve hundred back in the day for four thousand dollars that didn't right. even work. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? It was broken and it didn't and it was four grand. And I was like, man, with four grand, I could build one hell of a Eurorack case. It'll do <laughs> just as much as that'll do. There's got ten seconds total sample time on on the SP. Like you can get longer than ten on Phonogene with still decent audio. It's twelve bit, so it's yep. gonna, it sounds it can sound. To my ear, damn near like an SP twelve hundred for exactly. sure. Exactly. And that's now, what is now what is the what is the price point on that thing as opposed to the SP twelve hundred? So the uh, well, phone gene, I can tell you just because I just recently bought one on the used market after selling it. You know what I mean? So, uh, brand new they were about I want to say they were five twenty or five thirty brand like new when they first came out. Um, yeah, and right. now you can get them you can get them used all day for like 300 bucks you know um, if you're if you're diligent and, and watching the the used market 
$300 is an easy buy for it, and you can get them even lower than that sometimes, you know? Yeah, and you still wouldn't want to have something like the pressure points to trigger it with, you know what I mean, to get your chops played out. It's not a, it's not an SB1200 for sure, but you can get you can get the kind of quick immediacy with the lo-fi sound out of it, especially if you're already familiar with Ableton, you have no problem using Ableton or machine to like reorganize your chops um, and build with it. Or an ER301 in my case, like my ER301 can't sound like a fucking phonogene. I wish it could, but it's just not doing that. So no big deal. I got them here. So I'm just, I got a 301 on the way. October. October. Um, Shut up, bro. Price yeah. point on that is, uh, <laughs> and price point on that, so people know what we're talking about. The the three hundred one is basically Nine. a sound computer built into your Eurorack, and yeah. it can be a myriad of different things. Uh, price point on those is about nine hundred dollars. Um, yeah, but it can do a ton. Yeah, mine, mine is ordered already. Yeah. Oh, oh shit! Really? Yeah. Because yeah. oh Ken kept stalking me and he's like, You better order yours now. You order <laughs> Every time I would wake up in the morning and then I would look at Marco Polo, it's a message from Ken saying, You better order yours now. <laughs> it is. It is. Look, that's not all though. I wake up and I look at Instagram feed or I go on a group and Facebook and it's like somebody's got a picture of the ER301. Like, it's amazing how amazing this is. And I didn't know it would be as amazing or better amazing than I thought. It it's pretty amazing. <laughs> oh my god, he, all you dudes with this. Oh thing. no, it's no, yeah. uh, Corey. I'm telling you right now, I spent, I think, me and Ken collectively, I think there was a month that all we did every day was talk about the ER 301 in like an, in our in our oh, own for real. Yeah, all we did was like, yo, Ken, it could do this, and then he's like, yeah, but it could also do that. And we're just talking back and forth, and we're just like, yeah, our wives are gonna get mad at it. So. Yo, next time, just get me in on that chat, man. I'll pull mine up. I'll walk you through it, man. Uh, hey, hey, Lee. Hey, Lee. Hey, Lee. Eight hours hey, Lee. Of, uh, whoa. Yeah, whoa. Hey, Lee, you got to be careful, man. That's a different bromance, man. Don't don't, don't get cut. Don't get cut, man. There's a, there's got, a, bromance, there's a bromance. Nah, nah. He's here. cool. He's get, cool. He's cool. Me, me and Ken are the black and white cookie. You know that cookie? Yeah, there's a couple. There are a couple. There, they're like, so they're, they're, they're like three company, three's a crowd, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, but, no but, but Lee, let me tell you, man, I, I feel like the ER301, I was telling Ken, I want to get a little case. There's the ER301. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I want to get a little case that's just for the ER301. Yep. Yeah, I like I, yeah, I'm way ahead of you. I just got my, my skiff. They sent us one in the mail and make noise. Uh-huh. from the supplier and they cut it to like halfway like half the size of a 104 hp case uh-huh. and i'm like that's perfect because i got now i have two sides to throw in my my eloquencer which i used to sequence it mm-hmm. the er301 and then my shuttle control which adds midi to it uh as well and it's the power supply all okay, in one yeah, box. so those three things dope. right there you can do all kinds of shit throw it in a backpack yeah. Like, yeah, that's all I need. Give me you, put you me on a plane for yeah, twenty hours. Fine. I can just cook for uh, for days if, with that. If I was to get one, I would throw it in this case. Yeah, yeah just I like that. About exactly. exactly. So you said ER three hundred one, the Eloquencer, and the shuttle. Yeah, the shuttle control, Endorphins shuttle. Um, oh, hold can, on. Let me look at that real quick. Endorphins oh, uh, shuttle control. Let me just show y'all. I, I can see my case is right here. If I unplug I'm it. actually waiting to put mine probably in this, which is the Behringer Neutron. Oh, um, this is what the Behringer Neutron comes in. 
So I think I'm going to put the uh, I think I'm going to put it in this case with nope. a power module and then probably the top flux one. Um, yeah, using you know, thing. Lee Lee uses the Eloquencer. I prefer the Fluxus one, and you know, like yeah, whatever whatever dope multi-channel sequencer that you have, paired up with that, and then like, so you're using shuttle control. I'm probably going to be using an ES8 with mine, um, and and kind of doing some ah, things. Ah, yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Hold on, Lee. Show me your your case again. Okay, yeah. So. The shuttle control is right here. It's kind of you can see it's got it's really well patched up right now. Uh, basically, it's a it's a power supply as well as a MIDI MIDI uh, to CV converter. So it's got 16 configurable outputs that it, I can I can use and presets that I can use this web app that they've got Endorphins has, and it's insane. It's got to be the most powerful MIDI to CV converter that's in Eurorack, and they right. keep adding stuff. And if you email them, they'll add just about anything. But in addition to that, it's got a little, uh, it's got a little like barrel connector here and a switch that I can use to power that case. Then moving over here, I got the the ER301 next to this QMMG here. Uh, oh, that's that is not Pete Rock didn't write that. I just made something that sounded like Pete Rock, so I called it that. <laughs> <laughs> and then the phonogenes here going into it. That's a powerful case, bro. Hey, hold on. I got a, I got a question though. Uh, let, let me digress a bit because this question has been waiting. So, uh, Stony, I got a question for you uh, from Amazing Networks. They said if you're using uh, the MPC Live right now, are you using key groups uh, from your instruments and just sampling instruments in? Okay, well, I have a little bit of both. I'm using the Mother 32, and I'm sampling the Mother 32 into the MPC Live. And I'm chopping up and creating um, like different synth patches and creating key groups. And I'm also opening up all my old um, MPC 4000 key groups that I've had over the years. And those are like, the, these are key groups that I'm never going to find. These are like key groups I got from different musicians throughout the years and working on projects that I just had my 4000 hard drive. And the beauty of the new stuff is I could just put it on a drive and plug it into the live and it just pops up and I can just exactly. load up those PG. Yeah. I just load up the PGMs and all the key groups and without any conversion, it just opens up. That's, That's awesome. That's real. Yeah. So, so yeah. And then, um, yeah. And then I'm, I, I, I use, everything is original. I don't use the expansion packs so much. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's just me. That's, I just like to start from scratch. I think it's fun. I still stand by the idea that, like, even though I'm getting, like, the 301 and I have phonogenes and whatnot, um, I still stand by the fact of using a standalone sampler for what it's best at and the Eurorack sampling stuff for what it's best at. Because they are very different beasts. And they, like, I'm sorry, there's nothing in Eurorack that really can, you know, do what an NPC does on the the basic stuff like as far as like complex sequencing in, in the way it's laid out and all that i like it for what it is you know what i mean but there's nothing in the desktop sampler box that's going to mangle samples in quite yep. the way that the euro rack is you know yep. and that's kind of how i use it no i get it and and that's why it makes sense to me the er301 was like yeah this is going to do stuff that my rhythm and my MPC and all the other stuff can't do. So I'm just going to go for yeah. it. Yeah. I that, think the other thing the is, thing. Yeah, 
you're saying all that, Kim, but like I want to hear what you say after using the ER three hundred one for like six months. Because like once you <laughs> once you pair that with that sequencer, that the FLX or whatever the FLS, like, I know that's that. Oh yeah, you're going to be like yeah, yeah, yeah. It, to me, is, it's more about to me it's more about like again it gets back to that workflow of being able to store things chop things um sure have that have that immediate control plus yeah. uh, no granted with the er301 you do get waveform display just like you do on an mpc mm -hmm. which is nice but and um, all that is also true that you just said you can do on the er301 matter of fact you can uh, as sequences are running add new splices and remove new splices in place like that it's just things like that are insane like yeah yeah there, I mean, the territories that's that you why I can got go my, with that workflow. With I, that I just workflow. plan on using it more for um, plus, plus, you know, at the end of the day, polyphony wise, it's not standing yeah. up to you know. Yo, no, that's so. that's the oh, end. Sorry, that's Ken. what I was gonna say. Yeah, like, we just gonna ignore that Ken is is calling himself a futurist now. What, what the <laughs> what's going on, bro? Well, <laughs> I, I just noticed that. I'm like, what? <laughs> Tell yeah, I break that down, Mr. Uh, well, I'll actually tell you that's actually hearkening to the past because I used to put that on there all the time because I'm a big Tony Stark fan and he calls himself the futurist. Oh so that oh, it, it gets oh, back to that. But no, and a lot of the times when I when I consult with music tech companies, that's what I'm there for is to talk about where all this stuff is heading in the future. That's so, actually true because I know you what I had conversations with with uh, companies about specific products and we really talk about where things are going, where they need to be, why they aren't there already. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. On the table. So all good. That's cool. But yo, let, let's, let's uh, talk about people bringing up native instruments. And uh, yeah. so what is this? I don't even know what native instruments recently announced. Stone this is what happens when I stop consulting for, for a music tech company. <laughs> oh, no. here, here comes here comes the the bitter root. The bitter no, there's, nothing, there's nothing bitter. Can't there's, nothing. Out his bourbon now? there's nothing bitter. Now I, I will say this though. I will say this. I I haven't had a chance to fully go through everything, but just judging from the reactions that I've seen from other people, it seems that there's a pretty steady consensus that um People expected um, more usability in a sleek package from the Micro MK3 um, as opposed to the route that they went. They went a different yeah. route. And I know Daniel's going to talk about how he's hyped for it as far as next to a drum kit. Uh, I think that that is a very uh, niche use case that, no, that he's going to be talking of about. Course, of course. And again, it's one of those things where I'm a very niche person and, and – when I see these companies come out with products, I'm like, oh, that can work for me in this context. And I'm not really, sure. it's only 250 bucks. That's a, that's nothing for what I'm going to make back in my work. So for me, I'm just like, all right, I get it. I get so it. Like, would you, if you were a new user, right? Brand new user. Yeah. Would you, and not talking about just the, the niche usage, which I, I applaud you for using things, what you can find them to be good at. Like, I think yeah. that's a great way to look at everything. But as a as a uh, up and coming new beat maker who wants to have that hands on kind of hardwareish feel, but still be able to use all his plugins and all that, um, the machine starter user, would you spend two fifty on that, or would you spend? I just sold a machine studio for I think two eighty. Um, okay. So when you say new user, you mean new to music production in general? Or uh, new yeah, new new to to machines. Uh, 
ecostructure, you know? Um, man, I wouldn't see it. Well, I can't really answer that honestly because I've had all the machines, so I can't. But I know a guy. So I, but that's that's why I'm saying, like me personally, I can tell you flat out, I'd rather have the studio than than. No, no, of course, I'd, ra I'd rather have the studio. If I was going to buy a machine to be my first one, I would buy the studio because it it, it still has more MIDI outputs than the, than the MK3. It still has, um, what else? Uh, that jog wheel is still super dope. I don't, you know, there's a bunch of stuff about it that's really good, but yeah, I wouldn't go for this for this micro at all. Um, if I lived in a tiny apartment in New York City and didn't have space for a studio, I might have to do that. But don't don't do that. Yeah, I'm but, just saying um, that tiny apartment in New York used market City. versus you know what they're selling new. <laughs> Like it's something that you no, know, no, yeah, yeah. users just, have to consider. Yeah, I would just get a used studio. And, and to me, and to me, that's what the company should be considering when they're getting ready to sell a new product. You know, I, I, mean? I think I think this is one of those situations, Ken, where this is this is a distraction from sure. uh, from, from native native. Sure. Is, no. Oh yeah, we're putting this out because this is their new jam. This is jam from from like. For this year, because then they're going to be like, ha ha. Well, then, uh, to be fair, to be fair, you know, and, and I was involved on, on the original micro and micro two. I never was on board with that design aesthetic at all. I, I <laughs> thought the idea of having one knob that was a notched knob um, was a horrible idea. And I railed against it from day one. And I still to this day, I feel like the, the micro is a terrible a terrible product. Um, it's not comfortable. It's not comfortable for me at all. Especially it, to me, it pushes more users away from wanting to get further into machine than it does bring them in. Hey, Ken, I got a, I got a weird question. Uh, a lot of guys that I've encountered, and and I say a lot, not all, and not most, but a lot of people that I've encountered complain for no reason because a lot of people don't use machine, um, for for its uh for its actual capabilities mm -hmm. i know a lot of people that just use machine for drums and i'm like why the hell did you buy machines um can i say something <laughs> well, it does guys? Have a huge yeah. library. no i know but i mean like you complain about they didn't give me this and the native is thinking you only use it for drums so i'm only going to give you one screen where you can navigate your drum sounds and do it for drums. No, no, and for sure that there are certain people that's going to be okay. You know, hold, hold tight. Well, well, uh, Stony wants to jump in there. We'll, oh, we'll there, um, hi guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, uh, being that I was a product specialist for them, and machine has been something I've been working on for the past five years. Yeah. And I've trained from your A-list professionals to your very beginner beginners. Mm -hmm. And this is about like producers that work in different work styles, right? Yeah. So in in Europe, I would find that most people would use machine as a step sequencer. Mm -hmm. In the United in the United States, it would be more about like freestyling, hit a record, yeah. and finger drumming and pad pattern based um, production. I think as far as the micro is concerned, and it's funny because a lot of people go, "Okay, micro is the beginner level because of the price point," but when I would train people, the micro, more advanced producers use the micro than people who are beginners because the micro was for somebody who is using logic and they're adding the pads as an additional 
as a, some, as an additional option in their workflow. So most people who are using the micro have another main sequencer or main platform that they've already mastered. No, so it's just so it's just a really an add-on. It's never a standalone. As yeah. a beginner, to me, I would recommend for a beginner always the either the Mark II or the Mark III. Because you need the knobs, you need a screen, you need to navigate. Um, the micro to me is for someone who's actually more advanced than not advanced. Yeah, I'd agree with I that. Agree. I agree, yeah. but let me just let me just touch on one small thing about that. So I totally agree with what Stoney's saying. But even in that context, um, comparatively speaking to other products on the market, when you look at how it's it's going to scroll through things and, and what sort of hands-on control you have, like for instance, Machine has some really nice filters in it, that sort of thing. The micro always fell down when it came to actually utilizing any of the stuff that's actually inside of Machine, um, comparatively speaking to the to the MK1, MK2, yeah. MK3. And that to me is what irked me because it gave a false workflow that it, it, it made the machine workflow kind of fall down a bit. And that's, you know, and, and as a library, yeah, it gives you access to the library for cheap, which is nice. Okay. But beyond that, no, I, I just the micro. Well, that's well, well, that's why I said, you know, um, the micro is for someone who's more advanced in a different platform, because sure. to me, the micro is probably the best pad controller that you want. If you need to have that tactile feel, mm -hmm. I like the I think the pads are the best in the industry, period, um, in terms of pad, you know, pad, you know, performances. But outside of pad performances, the micro, like Ken said, I agree with him a thousand percent. You know, um, if you're trying to navigate through the software machine, you got to start off with at least a Mark II and, or a Studio. Like, it's just you, you're going to be using the mouse primarily. Hey, hey, guys, there's another thing that we're not thinking about, too. Um, so when Native made the announcement for all these nine new products, I really looked deeply at the products. On the back of the S2 tractor controller, it says iOS on the back of it. There's a, a connection that says iOS on it. But there was iOS. There was iOS in the last um, S2. Well, I didn't know that. So I'm, yeah. looking at it, I'm looking at it again, and I'm like, okay, what hasn't been updated? What, you know, I want to know, is this new controller class compliant? It, what is it, or does it still need the controller editor? Now here's the question, Daniel. Who's using Tractor right now? Like, well, what you know? I don't, I don't know because I'm not really into. Especially with especially with iOS. Like, let's. I mean, if you guys know, tell me because I don't. I know. know. I right. I I don't either. Well, I think because they were so silent for such a long time, Serato took over. Listen, I the I, I very different between the two. No, they're, they yeah, they're, 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 they're different. Yeah, they definitely are different. But I think the narrative has been painted. That now, let me ask you guys something. Everybody in this room is an influencer. How many of you guys got any of the native new things to test out and talk about? Oh, yeah, I would never get any of that stuff anyway. What I noticed is that none of the, the typical suspects got any of the stuff either. So that was an yeah, interesting yeah, thing. Man, the reality is, man, I think influencers, influ especially when it comes to now, like we see a lot of dudes on YouTube getting stuff, which is great, but people really follow you on Instagram. So when people actually see people working 
on things and making music with it, you'll really be able to tell like what what kind of damage that thing could do, and it'll sell more products. Uh, I'm not really worried about the whole YouTube and who has it now because a lot of these cats don't really make good music, and that's just me being honest. Um, wow, that's that. You know, that's you know, it's funny because I definitely would have loved to see Daniel on the micro and see what he would have done with it or Ken and. You know, because I love, I'm a fan of what you guys do. I would love to see that. I would love to see more. Uh, I guess as time goes by, we'll see deeper videos. And Yeah, and that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I can't really hate because I'm just like, I have to see it in context of what I'm looking for. Because a lot of times, I'm, I'm only influenced to buy something when Corey or Ken or Joe or Stoney tells me, yo, this is dope because it can do this. I don't watch these YouTube videos and like, oh, I'm gonna buy that. I and I'm gonna be honest. With, <laughs> and I'm be honest with you guys. I'm I'm just waiting to see what is different from the Micro Mark II versus the Micro Mark III. What is actually different outside of the aesthetics? I I think definitely. Yeah. I, didn't the pads change, um, Stony? Yeah, the pads change, but they still the feel they the, still feel amazing. I mean, the pads the are the always going to be amazing. Though. They're the same as the MP3, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But oh, yeah. but so but like for me, I'm just like okay, when a new piece comes out, like okay, the MPC Live, and if I get an MPC X, it's clear what the difference is. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. What would be different in me purchasing a Micro Mark II versus? A micro Mark III, like what is actually the major difference? Because the Mark II screen does it have the performance effect fader on it? Yeah, it has the touch strip. It has um, hold on, let me let me pull it up so that I can see the touch strip. But the Mark II has a bigger screen. Yeah, yeah, I I get it. Um, hold on, I think there are some more different. Hold on, machine. Uh, micro. Hey, D. Still though, your grandmother in the background look real good, man. Our grandmother. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, she's looking mom. right. Oh, yeah. She's looking nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wait, your court, your court, yeah. did you see D Steel's face? He said, My grandmama. What the hell? Now we we were cool what? until what? you start talking about my grandma. We cool, but we ain't that cool. Okay, so here's here's the difference, Stone. Check this out. So pad mode. 16 level cord mode and so these buttons have been added to the mk3 were those on the on the micro no those weren't no. There. Uh, pad mode, I wow. think was cord mode was not yeah cord, cord is new to all the mk3 range yes, cord uh, mode is new um the touch sound, to me that sounds like a software thing and yeah, no, the cord mode, the cord mode is just the buttons mm -hmm. that were added, the four yeah, yeah. buttons. So, but that's... Yeah, so there are differences based on the workflow of the software. So it does right. make sense. It does make sense that they added these little tweaks to the controller because sure. people used to using those features in the but, software. But but here, but here's the sense. thing, guys. Let, let this is the one thing we're failing to, to to discuss. At the end of the day, NI's marketing and their 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 bling and zhuzh and their the sexiness of their hardware is hands down awesome so you got people that are Hold buying on. gear you got people that are <laughs> buying gear wait you got people that are buying gear just to put on the fucking desk and take photos yeah, like, you know, i almost agree with you stoney and, and like we, we agree to a point their marketing is great and all that but i will say this this is part of the major gripe that is is coming out about a lot of the the machine stuff is that you look at other hardware ma manufacturers and their controllers and whatnot and they're sleeker 
Um, the MK3, uh, both micro and uh, the, the regular version, uh, let's be honest with you. When we saw it, we were like, oh, so they took a line from Push 2. Like, they're behind. They're, they're multiple years behind other people as far as their aesthetics. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, they, and they have been. And when when MPC Studio came out with the uh with the silver, the silver studio, the original one, that joint was slick, had multiple knobs on it, a nice screen mm-hmm. at the same price point as the micro. And you're like, well, no, I think I think it might have been slightly more than a micro. But I mean, could fit into a laptop bag way better. I mean, there was a lot of things that those of us internally who were saying, hey, you know, this is stuff that you guys should be looking at. We're like, that's what we were freaking telling you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can keep something small and and minimal, but still be sleek and still have a lot of functionality. And I feel like they're not fully learning the lesson on that yet. I get it. But I also agree that there's always going to be a design aesthetic to a company based on who whoever is in charge and what kind of music they make so they make they might make choices there's a design language no matter what yeah yeah yeah. so So let me just say from a dude that's not you know i haven't really used machine but i got when i'm looking at this first impressions that looks nice it does what now after the first impressions i immediately start to think this ain't a standalone joint where's the screen at then i had to look really close facts there's that little screen right there Facts. And, knob, and I'm kind of looking at this like this would be super dope if it was a hybrid standalone sort of deal that you didn't need the computer with. But yo, if you got a, if this is a controller for software, how do you not have a screen on it? That this is basically like telling you you're gonna have to put this in front of your laptop, and that's they're just yeah. So your laptop screen is just as much a part of which this I'm device not as the pad. I'm not mad at that though, and that's I'm not thing. either. I'm not completely well, mad at that. Well, Corey. Well, well, Corey, it goes back to what I'm saying. That unit to me is for someone who's super advanced already and they want mm-hmm. a nice, slick, sexy pad controller that feels awesome, that works really great. Oh, uh, what happened? She's put, she, she just the got back to the trigger. <laughs> <laughs> the matrix was glitching. What, say that again, Stoney. You, you went way like digital uh, time stretch on us. He was like, yeah. It was kind of dope. Yeah, it was yeah. dope. It, it sounded like the phonogene, for real. <laughs> it did. Wait, what are they saying? Is, is can, you guys, the... can, can you guys hear me now? Yeah. 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 No, Go what I was it. saying is that's why I said it's more for the advanced guy, the guy who already has, you know, this is for someone who wants to add, like, some tactile feel to combing through his, through his library and just triggering pads. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely get it. And what's cool about, well, I don't know about that, now I'm thinking about price. I'm thinking about price. I do think I see, it looks I see dudes spend more more money on sneakers than they do on the on what this costs. And How much is it? Yeah, but if you do, wait, but Daniel, come on. Ken just sold his his machine studio for 250 and this no, is 250 Of course. Dude. A lot of dudes don't want to buy used. Too, so you have to remember. You're, you're right. You're right. But 
as a company, you have to be aware of, of what the market is. Of course, of course. So, so look, it, the, looking at CN two hundred and fifty, me and Roosevelt was just saying that is a good price. I didn't know mm -hmm. what it the is price. A good price. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know. I, the price. Tell you, I got a, I got a, I got a nephew who wants. Okay, to get wait a minute, production. guys. Wait a minute, guys. Wait a minute, guys. Two fifty. And how much is an MPD pad controller? I don't know, but don't this come with the software? They're, like, they're, yeah, they're software. usually like 125 Yeah, this is true. 250 with the software is killing. 250 yeah. with, the software? Yeah. with the software? So I'm looking at, I got a nephew who wants to get into production, and I'm like, mm -hmm. what can I give him? I won't exactly. give him none of my stuff. But then I would. I would... <laughs> the, truth, the truth is, he got a laptop already, and I would buy this for him. So hold on. Let me just let me just respond to Stony real quick, okay? So a NPD two twenty six, right? I'll share my screen just so you can see it is one hundred ninety nine. Now before before you cut me off about this, I just want to say this. So that's true, right? Hold on, I'm not interested. There we go. Get okay. that twenty dollars. So, uh, so hold on. The the one thing I'll say about that is so you get a great uh drum library and you get a great software. But you don't get these controls on here. You got four faders. You got a scrolling knob and controls. So you do have that with the um, with the machine. But, you know, and then you get four knobs on this thing. So for the pro user, and this thing does come with the drum library and whatnot as well. Um, for the pro user, it's a little bit of a toss-up, but the pro user might see more value in having the, the four faders and the four knobs that the micro doesn't have, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, so it is a little bit of a toss-up there. It, on, on surface, for the pro, I think the MPD might actually be what they want to do. But, you know, it, it, the, the, the machine software is very different from just getting, like, the basic stuff that comes with the MPD. Yeah, mm -hmm. also, also machine you micro machine. You could that's that's a full fledged beat making doll right there. Yeah, like, but it also comes with complete select, and they give you even more things. Oh, okay. yeah, the, yeah, the software option, the software option kills. It kills. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. I, that's where the value comes because they're saying, well, machine this machine micro is going to be something that's going to introduce you to our software uh, platform. Because right. and, and just also but let me tell you, don't don't sleep on the money grab factor of it. Of course, you know, Christmas coming, and you know what I mean, right? Hey Every guys, year. that that also gets back to uh to what what I was saying. So um, as far as one. The iOS aspect of it, uh, the MPD will work with iOS. You know, like you can just plug in a camera connection kit. Machine's mm -hmm. not doing that. Okay, right, just be right. aware. Now, yeah, you can get MPD and use Beatmaker. Well, also, Beatmaker look at this. Also, look at this. You get four hundred dollars worth of free software. A Kai Pro MPC Essentials, Big Bang Drums, Big yeah. Bang Cinema, Sonavox, Ableton Live Lite, and uh, software preset, whatever that is. Uh, plus the software preset editor, blah blah blah. Okay, so just saying, like on the software side, it's two different softwares, you know, yeah. packages that you get. But it's not like these controllers just come with no software. They do have well, a lot of software. I know they don't, but the ecosystem and that getting into the machine ecosystem, if you want the actual kind of awesome hardware experience that machine really provides, the micro still isn't that. Like it's not giving you that that okay. I'm chopping samples from a piece of hardware that the MK3 gives you. Yeah, of course. So I watched Lou Pop's video on the MK3, the micro, and, mm -hmm. and okay. the whole video he was talking about. Yeah, this is made for people that 
work on their laptops more than they do in a controller. And he's right. So, but he says it's not a bad controller. It's good for what for those kind of people because there are a lot of people that do. I know a lot of guys in FL Studio that have controllers, but they do all their chopping on screen. Certainly. You so know this, what? But if I'm doing that, I'd probably rather use something like either Ableton Live or um, I would rather, you know, because now you've done yeah. away with that cool <laughs> workflow. Give me yeah. Ableton Live. Give me Geist. You know, give me give yeah. me those powerful tools. You know. But also, a lot of those things are not pretty to look at. Your face is not pretty to look at. Hey, my yeah. wife thinks so. Bam, bam. No, but his thing, uh, 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 again, the marketing, <laughs> the marketing doesn't only have to do with, um, with the actual hardware device. I think it's the full package. And I think that, yeah, that's exactly it. That's where we have to take a step back as musicians and producers and say, well, this company is trying to make this. They're trying to make this the the thing that you see in everybody's homes. Yeah. Right, right, right. So that's my main gripe about all this. And it's not really a gripe as much as it's like you, musicians need to ask themselves, what, what is it they're trying to accomplish? Word. Because there are some things that with the NPC that you're not, or rather the, the machine, that you're not going to be able to do. Like when I got my machine, I didn't realize exactly how it could work, how the workflow was. I watched a ton of YouTube mm -hmm. and I thought I had a pretty good idea. But it turns out the way that I actually it took me nearly a year to figure out that the way that I that my workflow is and what the what I was expecting was machine run as a VST within Ableton, mm -hmm. something that I could get raw and gritty and off the grid grid and it would just record basically like tape or something mm -hmm. similar to what my MPC was. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And in retrospect, if I knew what I know now, I would go back and get the Ableton push controller. Mm -hmm. and and just learn learn that way but or the micro if, if, I, if i were going to pick up a controller today it would definitely be the micro with the expectation that i'm going to have to have ableton or something and then because also my i have a very limited real estate when it comes to my desk space so i don't it turns out i don't i i thought i was going to use the controller more than to edit the waveforms than i actually do i use my mouse a lot so mm -hmm. I got the real estate and my machine just stays controller stays unused because it's so big right now and I just don't have any room for oh, it on so my the desk. The micro makes sense for you for your work. Yeah. Oh, most definitely. And I yeah. love the software. The, com the, com the control uh, uh, or complete select. Like, yeah. All that is amazing. The gentleman is amazing. The Rhodes yeah. emulation. I'm I'm selling my Rhodes to my little brother now because he said he, he'll sell it back to me for what I sell it to him at. So <laughs> I might change my mind. <laughs> but but because that the the, you're, you're the VST the pawn shop for your gear, huh? yeah, the VST Rude version. Sale, new well, we're trying to move to Spain. Uh, Stacy and I are moving to Spain here oh, like, shortly, cool. and this thing can't like we can't ship yeah, the shit yeah, there. Yeah. I wish we could, but like, nah, yeah. like it's just too much. Um, but yeah, the honestly, the VST versions of, of the software that came with machine. Like to my ears, it's layering sixty something samples every time I just play a little, play some keys around. It, it's it's beautiful. It's amazing. Um, so we could if, also if that's... talk about contact and, and the fact that they drop, you know, the the announcement that there's gonna be contact six. They got a new massive coming, yeah. right? Um, they, which they looks, wave, looks an awful lot dope. like reactor. Like <laughs> they put wavetable synthesis in contact, guys. Yeah, wow. so Contact is trying to catch up to what Falcon's already doing, basically. Yeah, but I yeah, but hey, here's the question, guys: Do you want to use Massive or is Serum still kicking ass? 
I think that's, that's a marketing thing. It's a marketing thing yep. because Massive has been quiet for such a long time, but Massive used to be the standard. Yep. So now, and then Serum. Yeah, but Serum, but Serum has brought so many different options for us that it's just like, of Serum course, is awesome. But, you know, oh, it's oh, like, oh, do oh, we want to go backwards? But Massive X might kick you know serums ass when I saw I saw I saw a picture of Massive X. It kind of reminded me of Reactor a little bit. That's what I was thinking. Hey, they've been Reactor mm. cold blooded. They've been doing some serious stuff. Where y'all see the pictures? Guys, of Massive guys, X, I don't so. know if you realize there's some areas that Native has been focusing. They've been like tunnel vision. This Reactor community, this Reactor thing that we're building is going to be super dope because that's their beta test ground for all the other software. Yeah, that it, it is. So for me, I'm just like no. Keep on working in Reactor because I know that that's going to bleed into machine. I know that that's going to bleed into everything else because you guys are working hard at, at your filter modeling and all this other stuff that you're doing. That that's going to eventually go into other products that you're making. So I'm like, you know what? I'll wait till you get it right. But they still got to sell stuff in the meanwhile. So let me just bring back to, to contact just for a quick second because it seems to me like the, the bulk of what the upgrade really is isn't for the end user so much it's, it's for really creator. for, for the creator. us creators us yep. sound designers but it seems to me so they added a debugger which is like that's been requested yep. since contact one so like that's huge but at the same time if you if you're a sound designer and you're and you're watching this show and, and you know about the the woes of trying to create a contact instrument from scratch mm -hmm. there is a very <clears throat> small group of people that are actually fluid in programming yep. contact language and it is a bear yeah so it's great that they're improving these things but again getting back to them adding the wavetable synthesis they're still way behind what falcon's doing like if you yeah. look at falcon it's got FM operator synthesis. Yeah, it yeah. uses Lua so that you can program it in a in a programming language that's familiar to, to if you want to go out and hire a programmer, you can actually just hire a programmer and have them do it instead of having them learn a whole new language. Um, there's there's still to me this feels like a step in the right direction, but a short step as opposed to like a great leap. Yeah, but I think I'm thinking as a business owner though, because now it, it 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 still solidifies itself as the standard for sample. Oh, hold on, hold on. Let me shut myself up real quick. I'm gonna point something out. I just I just see a note here, which it says the new instrument editor, which can load and run Lua scripts. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, that's huge. But but it says it can run Lua scripts to automap samples, duplicate batch rename groups. But it doesn't mean that it can do. All the all the deeper core stuff. So it sounds me to me like it's a mid level SDK as opposed to like being deep. Like yeah, yeah, but that, still, but still, that, that's that's huge. That's still instruments contact. Is yeah, that what I was gonna say, Ken, is still contact is still the standard when it comes to sample libraries. Mm -hmm. So no, no matter how dope Falcon is, I don't see third party Falcon. Um, so the, the thing is about something like Falcon, like it's Falcon, it's it has its market, but native instruments contact. I mean, that's a marketing beast. That's a giant. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it, it does it almost, you know, it's, it's good that it has all of the growth that it has, but it's not as popular. So that's going to be a problem. That's gonna but I tell you, I tell you guys this much. I would have loved to see an, up, an update on that GUI on contact. I really would like to zoom in. 
more detailed on the sampler and stuff like that. It's just I yeah, just would I like to see really, an update on the GUI. Yeah, I haven't really paid attention to what it looks like. Let me let me go on this page and to which one? To contact six. I don't know. Yeah. They didn't change the way it looks. Uh they they didn't made some tweaks. And Not they, really. Um, it still looks like the regular I mean, I would like to to see I would like to I don't know. I just would like to see a, a better improvement in terms of. It'd be of, nice if the back end looked a lot slicker. It's still. Yeah, like, yeah. The, so what I'm seeing, like the, yeah, the under the hood stuff, nineties. Yeah, the under the hood stuff still looks like same. Same. <laughs> 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 what I'm looking at. Yeah, but um, yeah, I get it. I see what they're trying to do. I wish they would. I wish they would uh, redo the factory content because we've been using the same factory library since version three, um, and there needs to be a, a lot, um, some more, some new bread and butter stuff. Um, but I think that's a license issue. Uh, uh, hey, wait, hold, hold tight, right there. I want to. I don't mean to jump around, but um, somebody asked about the grandmother and like how you liking it what's what's some of the pros and cons that you've seen so far um honestly mm -hmm. sounds dope as hell <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I am is it, is it the classic moog sound that, no. that you know no, no it's not it's, it's the new else. moog sound yeah it's something else it kind of harkens more mother 32 ish mm -hmm. but um i love that it's a synth that's not too huge and I can take it on the road with me, even though it's heavy as heck. Is it really heavy? It's heavy because it has a reverb tank in it. Yeah. Yeah, there and we go. And it's a dark reverb at that. Yeah, it's 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 heavy. Like Hey Dan uh, hey Daniel, have you used have you used the sampling capability in it? And if you did, how does it feel? Wait, sampling capability in what? In the um, grandmother. What? What? Oh, no sampling in it. Does it have a sample? Yeah, you can. You can actually sample the, the synth in it. It resamples itself. What are you talking what? about? Uh, you mean a sample and hold circuit? Sample yeah. and hold circuit has to be. No, oh, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm, I mean, I've used a sample and hold circuit. I'm like, wait, what are you talking about? I'm yeah, like, yeah. Oh, shit. It's, it's analog. Yeah, the, sa yeah, the, sample, and the hold, sample and hold. Yeah. No, sample and hold is, is basically so sample and hold means that as a level comes in, like a DC level comes in it will take that level and it will maintain that level. So if you send an LFO and a square wave into a sample and hold circuit, as the, as the LFO rises up, the square wave, when it pings the sample and hold circuit, it will stop that LFO at that point and hold and that hold voltage, it. right? Yeah. So it's, think of it more as like a, it's like a way of controlling modulation. Generally okay, speaking, so, yeah, because I are you are you using that on Daniel? Use, I'm asking Daniel, the, like, have you used it? I used the sample and hold feature, but I haven't done that yet. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't. I, I just I, it hasn't come up yet, like in me designing stuff. But um, how you liking that reverb? The the spray. Yeah, reverb is cool. I actually <laughs> wait, wait, Leo, you saying this, the reverb spring reverb is no good? No, it's dope. <laughs> oh, I've been it's amazing. I've been running my Digitac through that spring reverb. Oh, dope. And it's really, because on the back of the grandmother, there's a guitar in. Mm -hmm. So you can actually use it separately from, from the oscillators. Like, it's really, really dope. Um, yeah, it sounds good, man. And I love that I can patch it along with everything else that I have. 
it could be the controller for everything that I, you know, I can take my Euro rack and the grandmother with me and have a super dope setup. So I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. I just, uh, I'm scared that when I see whatever polyphonic synth that Moog is going to come out with. Uh, uh, but you're going to have to either, you know, trade your car in or something else. But yeah. hey, let me, in the beginning of this show, I was saying about how me and Lee met and, and about my homeboy that's kind of missing in action. And then he shows up in the chat. What up, Bryce? <laughs> he's, over here on, bench he's over here bench pressing in the chat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bryce is only now bench pressing and playing video games. He don't mess with none of this. <laughs> no more. Good to see you, man. Just my yeah, fault. I'm gonna break in and say what up. Yeah, for real. It's good to see him. Yeah, yeah. You have to get, to get on the show, man. But you can't get back on the show until you make some new music, though. That yeah, is, yeah. Yo, just get an iPhone app or something. Make them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yo, one day Bryce hit us up in the in the uh, Marco Polo. Show. I think it was Marco Polo. He yeah, was like, yeah. He was like, guys, I think uh, I think I'm coming back. Yeah, like oh, but for you real? said that last year. <laughs> but it, it was a surprise, like uh, out of nowhere, you know, Bryce said one day too, like, yeah, I just put my whole Euro rack system up on, on Craigslist for sale. And we were like <laughs> we, we we all unfriended him on that day. Yeah, right. We was like done with you. <laughs> we were like, we were like, what? And then and then we're not gonna talk about it on the show, but we realized the the build up to that. Yeah, the build up to that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. All right. That's true. There was a build up that we was all like, mm-hmm. Yeah, there, that was not a that was not a pleasant day. Yeah. <laughs> there was an oh, island God. and a bridge. <laughs> so yeah, Bryce, you need to go ahead and get your gear back, man. Start uh making these beats, boy, making these beats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, I'm thinking about it now. I'm like, man. I gotta I gotta be better, man, about we gotta do these shows more often because here's what happened. What I noticed is that you know, some combination of the people that's on this show have a group text or a group Marco Polo and a lot it's basically like we have the show every day. You damn right. You damn right, Corey. <laughs> but you know what? I tell you constantly, I'm like, Corey, we need to have a show this week. We need to have a show this week. And you know what Corey says? Corey says the people don't matter. That's what I say. Look, look how he politicizes this thing over here. Hey Corey, Corey, you know, you know can be sipping that brown. Yeah, so, you know, no, I'm drinking cab sab today. You so. gotta excuse him. I'm <laughs> doing brown today. So I, I know I know how Ken is, but no, we're gonna make sure we do a show every two weeks, no matter what, because you know there's new shows coming up and they can't touch us. And, you know, we know we inspire a lot of people. And uh speaking of inspiration, let's talk about that for a minute. So if you look at my studio behind us, um, you know, it's a lot of design. I have a lot of desirable pieces. I'm blessed in that sense. Some things get sent to me for test and review. Uh, some things I may get discounts on. Other things, there's some things I really want. I'm just going to go out and buy it. And it is what it is. If I can work it out or I sell something to get it. All that said, you know, I have different tools for different things. You know what I'm saying? I don't use, there was a point when I would make sure I'm using everything all the time. And I don't necessarily do that all the time. Some things are complimentary. Some things are not. All of that said, what it comes down to, um, inspiration, it doesn't matter what you got if you ain't inspired. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And and I was talking to Stoney about that a couple weeks ago, and we were supposed to do a show about it and didn't. So I want to bring it up now, right? Um, 
what's some of the things you guys do to kind of break out an inspiration and, and get some some inspiration? To me, I'm not always only inspired by music or by music equipment. It's like any and everything, you know what I mean? So it just kind of depends. Or I could be testing something and kind of come up with some of the stuff. What's some of the things y'all do to uh to be inspired? Uh two things I do. Uh film. Uh film is very inspirational to me. Uh I I have a I have a camera that I'll just go outside and just start filming stuff. And then I'll bring it into the house and put the footage on my computer and start making music to it based on what I see. Cause it kind of helps me to make to score versus uh, technically be creative. And then another thing is I talk to normal people, people that aren't cool, people that aren't like, uh, when I say cool, I mean like people that don't do me, like, you know, people that don't do music for a living, people that love pop music that are very regular, uh, just because I can get in my own head sometimes mm -hmm. of how complicated something has to be or how intricate and i'm just like let me just show my wife this and see if she likes it see what she thinks because she's not really that complicated musically she's, she's top 40 you know um so yeah i i do that to, to get inspired because a lot of times i could overcomplicate things myself too and and lose inspiration in trying to be super technical um, right so do you with with the super technical though you know sometimes i can find <clears throat> If I lock in on one device and I'm trying to figure out like one thing, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, like that one thing I could be digging into might end up like the technical pieces of that might end up inspiring me. And I could come in here, maybe not feeling inspired, but then digging into like, how do I do X? And I start trying to do X and all of a sudden it opens up a world of possibility that's like, crap, I didn't even realize that was going to happen. You ever find yourself? <laughs> yeah, I, I also change my setup. That's something that inspires mm -hmm. me. I change my setup. I'll use a different interface because the converter sounds different. Or I'll, instead of, you know, instead of starting on a drum machine, I'll start on my drum set. I'll mic it up and just change my process to jolt my process in order to, like, mm -hmm. cause a disruption. Instead of using one lens on my camera, I'll use another one. I'll do everything in fisheye. It looks like a Buster Rhymes video. It'll make... Yeah, it'll just make it'll make the visual look a certain way that it's causing me to hear music in a certain way and it's giving me that vibe and all of a sudden I have a spark of creativity. Word. Actually, I, I want to get you in on this too, Roosevelt, because, you know, you do film and you're all about the visuals. You're a real creative dude. Like, what kind of brings you that sort of uh, inspiration to, to create when you get in your, your, your mood? Well, once I heard Dan just now, it, it, it makes sense to get the camera and, and kind of visualize the whole thing because that's what music is you mm -hmm. know it's, it's, a, it's a visual scope of what you hear you know mm -hmm. hence soundtracks and things like that real soundtracks like mm -hmm. back in the days um but film does that too you know you you get to see these visuals and then you see it as well and then you hear it as well so it's like that time, yeah translation exactly right. so i think i think back in the days um the neptune not the neptunes but nerd had a uh, album I always liked just the sound of it was seeing sound oh, yeah. I, and I, I think a lot of artists know how to see sound you can get into the waves and, and kind of see this thing differently and everybody has their style of doing that you know what I mean so it's cool to hear everybody kind of 
pronounce their style and say, oh, this is how I started. Mm -hmm. What I what I used to do as far as because I used to produce back in the days and now I'm getting back into it again. And um, hearing this is more inspiration for me. So as you talk about inspiration, mm -hmm. but what I used to do was cut the grass, like literally cut nope. the grass. And then I would hear everything mm -hmm. and I have to like literally stop what I was doing because it was feeding in so much right. I had to yeah. run to the keyboard and your grass is looking trash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm grass, you know what I mean? Uh, and then I, a lot of times I'd have a recorder and I'd just make the, you know, yeah. just make that sound and then have to try to recreate it. But, you know, a lot of times you miss a little translation and yeah. so on and so forth. But there's it's, it's, it's a trip to be able to just do different things just to get those different sounds. And all this equipment can... There's so many different tweaks that you can do here and there right, to get right. that. And it, it could start off with, with just a just a hi-hat and all of a sudden you got this mm -hmm. whirlwind of stuff or start off with some harp like mm -hmm. you play. Right. And, then, <laughs> and then next thing you know, you got some crazy things. So I think the visual in both sides of it, whether it be film or or, or uh, music, it just all goes together and mm -hmm. it's just the all, yeah. you know. You see, you see the sound. And it all connects. You know, that's because some producers actually you know, refer to music and sounds in that way in, in uh, reference to color, right? Mm -hmm. And we all, we use those kind of terminologies when it comes down to, uh, you know, not necessarily cold, but like, you know, it's warm and it's still, all those different words we use to kind of describe the sound. It really makes it, it's like we're trying to visualize what it is and really feel what it is. So, uh, Yo, Stoney, I, what do you do? To, to, oh. Hold on, to, to that same point that you were talking about going out and cutting the grass and that kind of thing, mm -hmm. um, one of the things that gets me really hype and inspired is it, it's a small little thing driving with no radio on Word. Drive for like a, like a decent long drive yeah. and just get in your own head, start thinking to yourself about, you know, this is what I want to do when I get home. Like, you know, and just kind of getting you, but, but don't force it, like, let it be a long drive. Yeah. And then, Man, by the time I get home, I'm like, I got like a million ideas that I need, I need to try. You know what, Ken? It's interesting you say that because driving did that for me with writing. You know what I mean? Like, because my background is as an MC, right? So driving did that for me with writing. It was something about, you know, just being in a car that, you know, would kind of inspire lyrics or, you know, I don't know what it is. Too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, like, always you when it's by yourself. You're not getting outside influence from other people. You're getting, yeah. you know, you're, you're kind of, it's allowing your subconscious mind to travel because you're you're driving, so that part of your brain is doing something. Your and creative part thing. of your brain is left free. You know yeah. what I mean? So it yeah. starts running wild inside your head. You know, and at least if you're crazy like me. Yeah, so, if you're driving, it's natural. So then that that's already oh, I already got this. I already know how to do this. This mechanic is done. So now on this side, now I'm thinking, all right, now I can be creative. I can all these things can now feed into my head, and I can do what I want to do now. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel that. That's what's up. Well, yeah, Stoney. Yeah, so for I mean, for me, um, the question is how, do, how where where do I get inspiration? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I just I, I I unplug everything. I just get away from the technology, and I just try my best to be around musicians. I mean, I have you know friends that play guitar, and who are, you know, we just kind of keep it all acoustic and just fall back into actual music itself, you know? And I try my best to listen to music that was made with instruments, not anything electronic, no drum machines, none of that stuff. And I just um, just go back to why I fell in love with music to begin with. 
Yeah. That's a good point too, because you know, I'll just listen to like in Chicago as we call them dusties, right? Old music. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly. From sixties and seventies and eighties or whatever it is. Um, but also listening to things outside of my comfort zone or outside of like, you know, I'm a hip hop head. That's what I prefer to listen to soul music next and all that. But sometimes you might just need to go outside of whatever it is you're used to listening to, or, you know, just something totally other, something else that maybe you never Turkish even heard music. of. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Oh, absolutely, <laughs> Roosevelt. Yeah, yeah. Music, if, if that's right? the case, I live in an uncomfortable place because all yeah. I listen to like anything but hip hop. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. I, I found inspiration from things like, like you saying, Turkish music. Mm -hmm. Like I've, there was at one point I was trying, I was always finding like Japanese soundtracks and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And like just the, another, a different angle from what people come at music at kind of gives you just a different space to think about things. You'll, you'll find yourself way inspired in a different way that way, at least for me. Yeah. That's a big, uh, that's true, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, for, yo, for me, I oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Lee. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say, yeah, that's what I what I do to stay inspired is, is really, yeah. I got a box of forty fives next to me. I have all my records right here. More like hurt. if I'm trying to get snap myself into the zone, I've got access to whatever. I've got things separated by soundtracks or mm -hmm. whatever type of genre it is, so that I can kind of go to whatever place. Uh, and on that note, and kind of on Stoney's tip. Uh, I don't think I told y'all, but Aaron, another member of the Mod Bap crew um, it, from Chicago, he's actually coming to town uh, September 15th through the 21st. And he and I are renting a cabin in the middle of nowhere and just focusing and oh, snapping man. ourselves in, you know, no internet. Locking uh, in. That's gonna be locking crazy. in, focus. You know, he's also That's got great. the Eloquence or ER301 ER combo. Um, but he's bringing b a bunch of drums. We're going to do like the Headley Grange thing. Like, I don't know if you know the In the Levy Breaks kind of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, kind of. Uh, well, anyway, the where they recorded that was this was this old country house, and they had all these mics set up in in like staircases and stuff. We're basically going to get into uh, that kind of territory using studio monitors and recapturing sounds. And oh wow, that's dope. Processing. That's dope. So, so yeah, like kind of being. I would say like for me, being to get inspired, being around the people that inspire you, and you know, always being open to new music and hearing new things. And like Roosevelt just said something that like God. He just got an I've been like generating all these ideas for composition to try out in the woods. But he was just when he was doing that, like uh, talking about sin, uh, singing into a recorder, mm -hmm. you know, that yeah. I was like being able to record something like that and then use that to trigger drums on the ER 301, like using, converting yeah. that into gates, you know, the, oh, dude. the audio yeah. from that. Yeah. Dude, I've like, done so. Corey, remember when I told you I took stand up comedy and turned it into an envelope, uh, envelope follower? So I oh shit. So I what I did in Ableton is I took a Dave Chappelle stand up and I threw it into a sampler and then sped it up and then put an envelope follower right after it and had oh, that wow. create the trigger point. So the crowd's reaction and the stand up oh, wow. was, yeah. was, was the actual modulation source for like some synth, you know, cut off. Yeah, something. yeah. So you oh, got like the, the 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 rhythm and and the, the crowd of the whole comedy is kind of acting as a way to exactly. open the gate. And, yeah, so I like so taking cool. random sources like that and making them modulation sources because yeah. if it's a two-hour performance, you yeah. have an endless and and you have that joint on loop and then you have the the start points change. Mm -hmm. Yo, that's a modulation source that's nuts. 
Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> right, right. yeah. So just stuff that's like that. Um, yeah, that's dope. Yeah. So just stuff like that, I think, is really cool. And I, again, doing that with a voice recorder, you can just, you know, bro, that's there's a bunch of stuff like that you can do with any with home recordings and your dog barking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot totally. of Foley artists they used to do some crazy stuff just to get those yeah. sounds. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you go back to Star Wars on and on and on, you know, but just mm-hmm. recreation of just anything can be, it, it's funny because my son is nine and he heard, he'll hear stuff and then he'll look at me, dad, and say, hey, you hear that beat? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, That's that means he's, he's, he's processing that like he's supposed to. Mm-hmm. And especially mm-hmm. at a young age, I got to put something in his hands like, no, yeah. I need to, to I, me, it's like, machines, should I go after machines? <laughs> should I go after, yeah. It's just, that 250, yeah, that 250. I don't know. It's just fascinating that we we're at a time in technology where we have access to so much dope stuff. Yeah. yeah. That when I see people on the internet complaining about features, I'm like, bruh, your phone can make a whole album for you. Why are you complaining about? You you spent a thousand dollars on an iPhone X. You can do mad dope stuff with a five dollar app, but you're complaining about the feature set or something that you haven't even bought yeah 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 so you know the thing is about that because i truly believe that before we had like today this feature crazy and you can have just about as much of anything as you want on as many different devices as you want but back in the day you know things were limited and so we were forced to be more creative yeah and that's the thing that i think you're speaking to a lot of cats are not like tapping into their creativity just because they're like that company don't do enough of this, or that yeah. machine don't do enough of that. But also, you also, know what you can do all that, and that's stuff. what I come from too, because mm-hmm. I used to work on the like MR sixty one and Sonic, you know, yeah. station, and right. it had a sequencer in there. You go with the motif and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and what kept me focused was everything was right there in front of me. I didn't need to go here, here. I didn't, know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't need to go to a bunch of tools. Also, right? people, all also, people didn't dictate what companies did. Yeah, right. that's true. It's almost like if a guy said, what you get. Yeah, if a guy said, I'm gonna put this out, it got three features, that's what we're gonna have for the next five years. <laughs> or like, shoot the next 10 years. Yeah, yeah, so so th- that's the kind of stuff like maybe I'm an old head. I- I'm not old, but I feel like there's certain principles that I live by that I'm like, you know what? They those people did the development, they did all the machining, they did all the stuff to get this piece of equipment out, but then you have and, and I hate this thing because I see it constantly on YouTube, people doing reaction videos. I still don't understand what the hell a reaction video is. Like, I'm going to watch this and I'm going to react. And people are going to watch me react to a new piece of gear that come out. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And 90% of that stuff is fake reactions anyway. Like, it's a Yeah. yeah. That's kind of funny. Like, so but hey, well, there's a TV show where you can watch people regards, watching TV, watch their reactions. Corey, I'm gonna put it on record. That is the stupidest <laughs> thing in the universe. <laughs> the same thing about unboxing videos too, but look at oh, my God. Watch that crap. You know? It's like it's like like I film them I, and I don't even like filming them. <laughs> no, because, no, because you know what happens is that by that person's reaction, it puts it puts automatic partiality and bias. Oh yeah, absolutely. 
you know, so I'm just like, no, I just want to go to Guitar Center and try it out for the first time by myself. And if I like it, guess what? I'm going to go buy a freaking Timberwolf because I like it. That Not is. that I would buy a that's Timberwolf. That's going to stop by Perfect Circuit because until you get it in your hands, it's exactly. hard to really say what's going on with it. So I feel like over there flaunting that he lives next to Perfect Circuit. I feel like the, the I feel like the demise of a yeah, lot of guys. I feel like the demise of a lot of good products that have come out have been because of like stupid reaction videos or stuff that people are like, oh, that's not good. Like yeah. every time I go on Synthopia, I see people talk crap about Behringer, and I'm like, try that Model D clone, and then and then tell me what you think about it. Mm -hmm. Like, well, that's that gets into a whole nother level of stuff. But I want to give you the quick flip side where I was watching uh, a, a video on uh, it was either YouTube or Instagram, and it got me thinking. And this kind of goes back to what Roosevelt was saying uh, on the Foley side of things. And for twenty five bucks, I got this bad boy. Let me show you this thing. I got it pulled up here. Uh, this guy. So the Ohm wand. Uh, this thing is dope, man. Have you guys seen these things? No, no but I want to see you use that and film what, you. What so it, it's on the way to me. So basically, it, like it's like a kid's toy. Oh, wow. It's like it's basically oh, like a rubber band I, on a stick. I and you swing it, and it makes that lightsaber type sound. Yes, yes. So I, I got a couple of those one. on the way. And to this also gets back to how much I love to complain. Um, and my <laughs> wife will tell you. I nothing is ever good enough for me, no matter what it is. I always have to modify everything I get. I kind of devised a way before this thing even comes to where I'm going to be able to CV control pitch on this thing. Uh, I, I have I, I got a motor with a ratcheting setup that I'm going to mount to this thing so that I can move it up and down to change pitch. And yeah, I, I'm super. So excited, is, it, is it to where you wave it? You wave it. Each, yeah, like let's say I wave it up, it changes sounds. I wave it down. Isn't that the, what we're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly it. So it it's I dope can, um, too. I can actually. Well, you are you. what we call extra. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? This kind of thing. Uh, so let me just show you this real quick. Uh, Here we go. What if you, what if you did that with elect, like made like electrical drums, dr um, like drumsticks with that? You know what I mean? You can, and as they wave it, you can do oh, that, that would sound. Be Ill. All right, so hold on. Look, look, look. Can you hear this? Yep. All right, yeah. so, hold on. Check it. Here I go. Um, give me just a second. I want to make sure I'm not sharing stuff that I'm not supposed to. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's true. You see this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you see the crossbar, where the crossbar is located determines pitch. Okay. Yeah. So what I'm doing is I've mounted, I'm, I'm going to be mounting a DC motor, stepper motor, that's going to allow me to push it forward and back a number of steps and CV control that. So I'll be able to change pitch. Okay, stop now. Yo, I want to know what your wife would think. I want to know what your, what, what would Jen say if she walked into the basement and saw you watching videos of some white lady spinning these things around? That's as bad as I thought I knew you. <laughs> oh, trust me. Trust me. She would. In the words of Tony Stark, come on, you've seen me do weirder things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You've all been Like me and Kenny. <laughs> Kenny's up till 6 a.m. watching these wand videos. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, she knows him. Like, I feel like we're just getting to know him. You know what I mean? <laugh
the rabbit hole is deep, my friend. That's awesome, though. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, yes. But that all stemmed from like I was watching some Foley videos of a friend of mine who did a, a, a movie. And I was like, you know what? I think I know how I can use that and improve it. I'm yeah. going to get that. Yeah. That's cool. Where Steel is like, where Steel is like, you know what? I know how I can use that properly, not spend any money or time having to futz around and just get the best out of it. I'm like, I know exactly how I can waste hours of time. Ken is like, let me buy a sub fatty and then mod it so it could become as good as the sub 37. Yo, yo, hold on. Uh, so we got a message in the chat, right, from Inky. Uh and and uh she says I dream of midi shoes. Wasn't oh, it you steel yeah, that was yeah, telling yeah. me about okay. the tap dancing? So, okay, so Inky, check this out. If you watch this movie, there's two movies. There's a movie called White Knights and there's a movie called Tap with Gregory Hines. I remember both of them. Right? So Gregory Hines in this movie Tap specifically had midi shoes, midi tap shoes that the, I don't know how they did it, but the tap shoes were triggering a a, a, a 19 inch rack module of sounds. I know how you could do it. So, you know that movie is? yo, that, that movie's what, from like early 90s? Dude, think about, wow. drum, wow. think about drum triggers or contact mics. No, of course, of course. No, now I know how you could do it, but when I was watching it, I didn't yeah. know how that was possible. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Yo, those are freaking mini shoes. That's some, that's some <laughs> yo. And so, yeah, I, I love Gregory Hines. I, yeah, I that's an inky for bringing that up because as yeah, soon that, as you yeah, that, 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 I was like, oh my god, we just talked about yeah, this. Yeah. Now I, you, I have to go watch that freaking movie. I bet you get something rounded like that with those sensory. Oh, in the 80s. Oh, oh, guys, look, I was gonna say that. Look, these things right here, I'll tell you right now, these sensory percussion triggers. Oh, dope! You got him. No, I have like. Oh, the, look, these feel a drum. Oh shit! Look, these things right here are game changing. It, what, what's the wow, company? They, they really are. Yeah, man. Who they made by? Sen- by sensory, uh, by Sunhouse, uh, by sensory percussion. And man, if you follow on Instagram, their Instagram videos are dope too. Yeah. Man. So right dope. now, so right now in my in my studio. I took all the real heads off of my drum set and I put all these mesh heads on them so that I can put these sensors on them and literally trigger samples and modulations and all that crazy stuff with these. Oh, that's crazy. Oh, it's so nuts. So it feeds right into your your system? It goes right in? And it's not even MIDI. It's MIDI conversion. It's converting to MIDI because it's it's a mic cable going into your interface, into Mm. the software that's converting Wow, that's dope. Because there's so many like frequencies and everything yeah. naturally on a drum head, so it so knows I all these have, zones. And I can stuff have like. all these different zones on one drum where this part of the drum is the kick, this part is the hi hat, the center is the snare, but then I can have a duck quacking and gunshots and then a freaking Twizzler twirling all on different so zones. Kind of like does it does I each one Twizzler. of those sensors kind of <laughs> every single um, drum into like a Korg wave drum? Basically, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's super cool. And then you know, I want to see a. I want to see. Uh, also, also, it, guys, I want to see a demo of that. Pressure, it's also pressure sensitive. Yeah. Pressure Thank sensitive. You. So now think about that. The right. modulation source, especially playing with sticks, where you can hit and dig into the drum and you know open up the filter. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah. 
That's super dope. D got all the dope stuff over there. No, I don't, because I'm still trying to get a polyphonic sense that is... Didn't you get a peak? Yeah, but it's not... I play with more chords than... With more notes than eight notes sometimes. Oh, I got you. And I'm just like, I just... It's like I use thirty-five fingers. I don't know about you. Did you not get? That? No, no, cause, no, cause a, lot, a lot of times when I'm when I'm making stuff, I'm I play most of it, and then I go into the computer and start adding harmonics and stuff like that. So a lot of times it doesn't really work with an eight voice. Yo, I know this Casio that's got one hundred twenty-eight note polyphony. Sick. <laughs> yo, whatever happened to those old? Yo, remember that when Casio? I think it was uh, probably like five, six years ago. Started the CZ series. No, it, I don't know if it was. No, it was one of their newer synthesizers. They came out with two versions. The XW? It was a red one and a whatever it is. Yeah, whatever happened to that? The little How frisbee I, thing? No, I no, no. I can tell you that the last NAM, they had another one out. And, like, I was actually, like, one of the minority who was ex- excited for Casio to do some new stuff. Because, like, their phase distortion stuff was dope. And, like, I was, yeah. like, ready for them to do some cool stuff. And then at this past NAM that happened, they had a dude up on stage. And Corey will remember. Because I talked to him, like, right after this happened. And I walked past. And they had this dude grinding on this keyboard. Like, he was getting it in, right? And it just sounded like a Casio piano. <laughs> I just looked at Corey and I was like, dude, what is happening right that's now? Like, saying, he had like, the face, like no. he was really playing. And you, it just sounded horrible. And we just kind of looking at each other like, mm. Yo, so much so energy. Guys, the, worst, guys, the worst thing, guys, the worst thing that I've seen is the Zoom ARQs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not. I'm not into that. I'm not into I mean, that. I don't, like I don't understand. Like who was in the board meeting saying like we gotta make this? <laughs> we gotta make it. Tw- we gotta make a synth controller that is lower quality than KB Toy Store would sell. That's what we gotta do. Wow, KB Toy Store, man! You I took, took it back to the yeah, demolished yeah, toy store. <laughs> Everything was wood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yo, yo, KB was. <laughs> Yo, mini abacus. Yeah, like you get a can of sand. Can of sand. There's one controller that I personally never, never really uh, vibed with. I didn't really dig, but but I see uh, Sound Oracle use all the time is the Orb, and Mm -hmm. he he seems to really dig the Orb. And man, I just so the Orb. Who was it? Who was it? That was Newmark. Newmark. And it, it's basically it looks like a, a plate a PSP. Yeah, oh, kind of. Yeah. You, you, you know, you got that whole thing. It's got the. That he gyro. he used the crap out of that thing, but then again, he also used like the leap motion. He still uses the leap motion controller, and I had yeah, but, that thing since it first came out, and I hated it. Like, but I would I would use the instead of that I would use the um the gyroscope in the OP one, and I would just MIDI map that out because. To, you know, you know this. That gets back to um. Uh, so, we I saw a message in the chat earlier. Somebody was talking about getting a Spectralis uh, secondhand, and uh, Radical Technologies also makes a synthesizer, or at least they used to, called the Accelerator. Uh-huh. It's a big chunky synth. I'm talking a full chunky synth, right? Like get in your mind like a big Dave Smith mm-hmm. synth with wood ends and all that, right? And uh, dude, he put an accelerometer in it, and I was like. What? Like, what sense is that? And I talked to the guy, and the guy is brilliant, and his new module, the Delta Sep A, is amazing. Yeah. But, uh, 
Yo, so like I told him, I was like, dude, I don't want to be picking up a $1,500 synthesizer and like moving it around. And yeah. <laughs> That's probably and not we were at NAM, And he just, he gave me this look like, screw you. And then just took it and dude, he, he had it up like four and a half feet in the air and just dropped it on the ground at NAM. This is his demo. Oh, yeah, that's right. I everybody. That. Yeah. And he said, it's built in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the thing is heavy, yo. It was not a, heavy. like a the way it hit the ground. Dude, that blew my mind. I wish we had that on video. It was yeah. the great, that's like one of my top NAM moments ever. And hey, it, Ken, it, you know, you had me on a hunt. <laughs> you had me on a hunt for an Elisa's fusion the other day. Yeah, yeah, man, like that thing's still kind of. So let me tell y'all though. Like, Let's not talk about that because we're gonna inflate the price. We don't want to do that. I, I copped one of these for real cheap. Oh, you got it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell uh, wait, so, that again. Talks, man. so it's a Korg uh, KPR seventy-seven. Nice. And uh, I guess it's uh, what from what I heard, Lee and Aaron were telling me it's kind of like the poor man's TR six hundred six. Nice. And it sounds pretty good, man. So I haven't dug into it a lot. I have checked out the sounds and run it through a couple things. Actually, pretty dope. I'm gonna do a sample. Sample based. Yep. Uh, Can you tell me about the sequencer at all? Huh? What's the sequencer like? I don't know yet. I've just been kind of playing the sounds, and I'm not really. You know what? A lot of times, man, I don't really dig the sequences that come with some of these drum machines. I just want the sounds. You know what I mean? But that's I, how I feel about the it. 707, man. Like the 707 has dope sounds in it, but man, that sequencer makes me want to just throw it out the window. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I got all the sounds on my ER301, but yeah, like I have no need for the sequencer or any of that stuff. You know. Right. I mean? Exactly, man. Speaking so, of no. controllers and uh, oh yeah. yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Lee. All right. Speaking of controllers and KB toys, uh, I, I don't think I told y'all. <laughs> Like my new my new toy here is this Yamaha G10 like guitar That's MIDI guitar, guitar yeah yeah controller from the 80s that has wow. this like box to it it doesn't control it doesn't like try to convert audio to MIDI instead it's got like a like a like a oscillator for each string that's being sent really? over the string itself wow. and so it'll detect pitch bends and stuff and send all that as MIDI data it's pitch six picks uh. It's a six channel, so it's a pitch bend channel per string. Oh wow! Um, and then it's got yeah, it takes regular guitar strings and everything. There's like a real tremolo what? on it. Okay, like, so would, would it a little be screen on it, but it's it's not powered on, so it doesn't have it. Would it's it be here. possible to do MPD stuff with that? Yeah, yeah, you can definitely trigger samples with it, and it's amazing. Uh, That's dope. What are you been and using have, it with? Um, I've been using it a lot with with the native instrument stuff. Um, mm, matter of fact, mm. my wife came home from work the other night. And I had the monitors up, and I was just noodling around with the roads. Wow. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but she thought I was on my real road. So she opened the door. She was like, what? Like, <laughs> she thought I was expecting me to be on the roads, but nah, like, I was just noodling within the Native Instruments VST. It just sounds that real with all the multi-layer sampling. Wow. They, are not, um, they are not widely available. Uh, I found one international in Spain coincidence i think not for <laughs> um, 127 right now like yeah i yes i run to to ebay as soon as i hear something from my friends i'm that dude yeah of course i think we all do That's what hey, it, I, have any of you guys tried um yeah. <laughs> have any of you guys tried the new omnisphere update 
2.5 is it? No, I'm still love, on Omnisphere one, and it's funny you say that because I actually am using Omnisphere on a beat today. I love it. I love it. And I'm so on good. Omnisphere one, and I'm like, I'm dying to upgrade, but like, I just it's it's not a money maker for me because I'm creating sounds for platforms, not using sounds from platforms. If you know what I mean. So it's like. Going to Spain. Yeah. <laughs> it's harder for me to buy um Omnisphere because like I can't really make money from it like that. No, I, I get you. you know what I mean? The yeah. way the, the end user license agreement is set up and all that, like it's just not yeah. For me, it's not a moneymaker, it's a pleasure thing. Ken, I'm using it with the with the base station too as the controller for it. Oh, nice. And it is God damn it, I want that upgrade too bad. How much is that upgrade from one to two? Yeah, man, it maps perfectly to the base station too. It's so funny because literally right before the show, I was on their site, like looking (laughs) at the upgrade. (laughs) By the way, send me that Tempest, yo. Uh, I'll give you my address after the show. Uh, I will, except for no. <laughs> I will like He's pretty slick. Yeah, I, I've been um like this this beat that I'm making right now. Like it's um so I've been sampling the rhythm because I'm still not super fluent on like I've made a few beats on it, but I'm not super fluent on it. Sampling some of the rhythm into machine. Um and I've got the this guy is kind of just hanging out to the side. But um yeah, and, and I'm, so I've Mike been. Checkmaker is actually saying that he's mapping Omnisphere 2.5 to the sub 37, and he loves the way it maps to that. Oh, wow. Yeah, really, really yeah it's it's wicked with the sub 37. It's insane. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. Yep. Hey, guys, shout out, shout, out to people, shout out to people that 3D printed uh, this case for the Digitone and the Digitech. Yo, yes. This thing is, look, look at this. I want that Digitone so bad. Look how beautiful that, that layer is. Wow. Is right there, yo, and it's one piece, and that's 3D printed. Yeah, it's 3D printed. I bought this on a reserve for 30 bucks. Let me 30 dollars. Wow, that's 30 bucks. That's that's a steal. That's great. Yeah, I guess we can go out of space and make stuff. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. So, let me let me show you this the the, the case that I use. I I forgot, I gotta tell you the name of the company that I got this from. So this kind of turns my Digitone and Digitech into like one long. Oh, that's cool. Piece. I was that's gonna get that, Corey. Corey, I was gonna get that one, but it's... the problem with that is you can't put the covers on them. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh yeah, because they're too close together. Then and you can't put the covers on them. That's why I didn't go for that one. And the shipping was like an extra fifty bucks. I don't yeah. ever cover my gear, and that's like my dirty little that's secret. Dope. And it's I don't cover shit. <laughs> Yeah, I don't cover nothing, man. Well, I have a dog. Have a kitchen post. <laughs> Aaron's got every, Aaron keeps all his dog. gear under sheets. <laughs> yeah, I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about it. But yeah. you know what happens is I use my gear so much, even my my least used gear, enough that like I find myself like wiping all the dust off of it just with my fingertips. <laughs> well, the thing is that Ken, you know, I travel a lot, so when I'm not here, my dog comes into the studio and he sheds. Oh yeah. So I have to have like. I have to have covers on everything because, for instance, in my in my uh, shelf here, everything is tail level for him, and his tail wags. Next thing you know, it'll have like hair all over it. So I'm not. I gotta have cases for. Can everything. I can I give a quick shout out to those of us that are synth geeks and dog lovers, not cat oh, lovers? Word. 
Yes. Yeah, th there's a lot of dog discrimination with <laughs> Yes, yeah, Synth Geeks is Man. all about <laughs> all about no uh, cat hate. Listen, <laughs> I, I'm not oh, hating cat cats, but I am allergic to cats. And yo, I love I love my dogs to death. So, so. I'll tell you, I um I had a Siamese kitten and I named the cat Juno. Um and, uh, and he was around the crib and I had to choose between my daughter and the cat because her head basically exploded at all times. Leaking. Oh damn! <laughs> she was so allergic. Did you to the cat, cat? man, that's messed up. Yeah, because he had to go. He right, hasn't see, seen. He hasn't seen his daughter in yeah, so long. You know, it was like, well, see. <laughs> guys, say hi to Weezy. Yo, what's up, Weezy's a celebrity. What's up, Weezy? Sure, sure oh, he's upstairs. Like, rub right there. <laughs> <laughs> but yo, so, so we've been we've been on for a while, man. I, I always appreciate the energy everybody brings to the show. Appreciate my man Roosevelt stopping by and uh Lee for jumping on and and everybody, all the normal suspects, uh Stoney, Ken, and Ka -ka. and and all my people in the chat too. Yep. Even even uh when people pop in and, and say, you know, not positive things, it's still good to have you there because that's it's all energy and we use it positively no matter what. So uh big shout out to uh all my people. See, we got accurate beats in there. Yo, accurate, did you just jump on? It's good to have you, man. Accurate is up in there. We got Sam Botstein. Uh I mean we got a oh, lot of people in there, yo. Yeah, Sam was up there. Uh yeah, we even we even there. somehow rescued Bryce from up some I don't know where the hell he'd be going, but he's on he's on an on a random beach somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. With, with big headphones. He just pops mm -hmm. in every now and then. So yeah, yeah, all right, man. But we're gonna we're gonna be out and uh uh let's do this again in two weeks. See y'all in a minute, man. All right. Peace. Peace.